never forget that our God is a promise keeper. And never forget if you are at the point of giving up, I really sense in my heart I don't want to just step over this moment. I sense in my heart there's, there's hearts and lives that are, that are at the point of giving up on specific relationships. Please hear me say this. God of love and the God of wonders is able to do a, a loving, wonderful miracle in your life. Amen. Amen. How many of us are here this morning that can say, God, if it wasn't for you, my relationship with my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, my parents would be gone. God, you intervened. You intervened. very dear friend of mine in ministry gone through a very challenging year last year and um, he's ministering a congregation senior pastor of a congregation and through sin and the enemy's guile Last year, their marriage failed and in the end, ended up in divorce. So much so that on his birthday, his divorce papers came through. Now, I remember last year when all of this was going on, how he cried out. I remember over Skype, you could just see desperation. Trusting the Lord. Unfortunately, at that, in that time, his wife's heart was very hard and there was no reconciliation before the divorce went through. But I'm here to not give you just that part of the testimony. I'm here to share with you about four weeks ago, this young lady, and we've known them since teenagers, she sent me a photo that her husband took her out for her birthday over the last few months. The Lord spoke to him and he really worked at seeing this relationship restored and forgive. And believe me, there's heaps of hurt. But she sent me a photo and she said, I thought he was taking me out for my birthday. Said, Would you be grateful with me? We got married again tonight. God can do that. If God can do that, don't you give up. Don't you stop fighting for what God has given you. Twice in 30 years of, of ministry, I've seen this. Where divorce went through, marriage over. The previous time, a dear friend of mine, now he gave me the opportunity to share his testimony. His name is Lorne. Same thing, their marriage broke up. And after a year and a half, his wife 
was involved with another man. And after a year and a half, at one stage, I said to him, Lorne, said, maybe it's time, and he stopped me. He calls me Pieti. He says, Pieti, please, if you, if you want to say what I think you're going to say, so I'm begging you, please don't say I should move on. He said, I'm trusting the Lord to restore my marriage. This is after a year and a half of being divorced. I never felt so bad in my life. I had to say to him, buddy, if you can trust, if you can still dream, pray, and desire that God will restore it, then I will pray with you. He said to me, he said, listen, you're the only one at the moment. Everybody else already said, move on. And we kept trusting the Lord. A few months later, when his wife dropped off his daughter at his house, the Lord opened the door. The Lord showed him what was going on and he said, listen, if you don't know where to go, just remember my house is your house. She said, no, I'm okay. That was the Friday. The Sunday when she came to pick up his daughter again, he felt the same thing. He said, listen, if you're in trouble, just remember my house is your house, but I don't mean that you should move back in. You can have the house. Now remember, he had to sell his house to settle the divorce. So he's living in a flat at this stage. He says, listen, I'll move out. But you never think, never for one moment think there's no avenue for you. You can move into this flat. I'll move out. I'll go stay with my parents. And the Lord broke her heart. And after all this time, she said to him, man, I don't want you to move out. Can we try again? It was my privilege to marry them again at their kitchen table. I married them twice. God never gives up on you. Why should you? Never gives up on you. He never gave up on your salvation. He will never give up on your children. He will never give up on you. He will never give up on your relationship. Come to Him, bring your desire before Him. If you see no avenue of restoration, just remember, He's the one that restores things beyond broken. I don't know why it's so pressing on my heart this morning, but I will not just move on. This is a church. This is church. Not yet to have a ceremony or spend some time together and sing a few songs. We are here to honor Him. The best way to honor Him is to listen to Him. And what He's saying this morning is don't give up. Don't give up. There's too much at stake. You want to do something important? Make your relationship work. You want to do something difficult? But this you know, right? Make your relationship work. You want to do something life-changing? Make your relationship work. Hold on. And please don't feel guilty this morning if you've been through a broken relationship. I'm talking to you about today. You restore today. You stand up again. Don't think God cannot restore you. 
If you're in a second marriage or whatever, don't feel, oh, Pastor Pete, you know, I'm carrying this guilt. Don't do that. Don't let the enemy do that to you. You stand up today and you understand today that God is there for you now. Amen. His grace is sufficient for you. But I will not. I'll give you a chance now. I will not go softly when the enemy is destroying things that are so crucial and so important and that we don't want to talk about. God is ministering into these relationships. Please, don't give up. Keep your eyes on Him. Just speaking in line with what what you're feeling God's sharing with you. Yesterday was my anniversary and um, the Lord spoke to me about something and I I thought it was for a different time, but it's for today. Our words carry so much power and what we say about our marriages and what we say about our children carries so much power. Um, It hurts my heart and I want to tell you today, it hurts God's heart when we make jokes about divorce. It's not funny. We shouldn't talk to each other when, when, when women are, are over here and men are over here. We should not say, oh, my husband will leave me if I do something like this. Or, you know, I've, I've done so much shopping, you know, my husband might divorce me. Um, it, might, it might seem small, but it is not small. It is not insignificant. Do not diminish the holy union of your marriage that God has made to, to the things of this world to, to make it light, to make it something that can just be, just be tossed. It is not. Let us speak the word of God over our marriages, over our children and over our relationships. with me just for a few moments just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you let's just spend a little bit of time with you all our hearts needs ministering needs addressing needs healing just for a few moments
ask that our band just stay with me on the stage this morning, Dean. Forget Mark 5, put Ephesians 5 up there. Heavenly Father, we pray that pray that you will have your way in each and every one of our hearts. We pray, Holy Spirit, come, Lord, and do as you want and speak to us. In Jesus' name. If you were waiting for Mark chapter 5, that'll most probably now come either next week or the week after. But if you can just turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 is very well known for ministering about marriage. But specifically, ministering about the roles of husbands and wives and so on because these are the things that we normally get out of Ephesians chapter 5. But I really feel that we get this wrong so many times because we begin at the back end that we struggle fitting into either the, the picture I have for myself or the picture I have for my spouse. We struggle so much because I fail and I struggle and I, and, and I can never achieve to fit into the image of the husband I want to be. And I believe God wants me to be. We struggle because we also fail with the fact that we, we our spouse, either my husband or my wife, they can never achieve the image and the fullness of what I think they should be as husband or wife. And the challenge lies within the first few verses of Ephesians chapter 5. Marriage or relationship, the success in marriage or relationship does not hinge on if you are a good, proper husband or a good, proper wife fitting into a little picture and not coloring over the lines, if I can put it that way. It's actually something that is part of our design that we've got to get to, to really be godly in our relationships. Let me ask you simply, if I were to ask you, would you want to live a life of love? What would your answer be? Let me put it simply. Would you want to be loving? If people describe you, would you want to have them say, Jesus, he's so loving. <laughs> She's so loving. Isn't it so? That would be our desire. That would be our longing. Especially our friends and so on, let alone our, our husbands, our wives, our, 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 you know, our kids, those closest to us. But how often... This would not be the way they describe us. 
see, the thing is, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul starts this passage with these words. He says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Now, here's the challenge. It never starts with your effort. It always starts with eyes on Him. Always. Let me put it to you this way. If you don't know, if you don't know what it truly means to experience love, it will be near impossible to give love. Hello? Say, yes, but that's the problem. You see, the problem is we don't realize and recognize that, that the source of love towards us did not start with a human being. Not even our moms or our, our dads, our best friends. It started with the one that created you intricately. Every bit of your design was put together. That awkwardness is Him making you the way you are. There's only one that loves you most. The rest can love you a lot. But only one that loves you most. Beyond everything you can dream or think or imagine, this God of the universe loves you. And when Paul starts, he says, listen, first of all, you cannot just say, okay, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be a good husband, I'm gonna be a good wife, I'm gonna try my hardest. Who of you have tried and failed? I, let me just raise both my hands. I've tried and failed so many times just in my design or desire to love. I can't start with my effort. I'll never make it. But if I start at the place of the one that is love himself, saying, God, let me just soften my heart. Let me just open my heart to be loved to experience love, perfect love. Can you imagine how difficult it will be if you can't allow the perfect one, the one that is love himself to love you? Can, it, can you imagine how difficult it will be for your husband or your wife? Oh, Peter, I never thought about it that way. The perfect one. Is loving on you day by day, moment by moment. And if you can't open up every door in your life wide and say, well then love me. God, love me. Thank you that you love me so much. Jeez, man, I, I can only share with you my own life. It ripped my life to bits the day I received and I experienced and I realized that He loves me so much. I remember that day, it was yesterday, the 11th of September, 1985. I knelt next to um, Auntie Ann Stevens. She gave me Sunday school when I was in grade two. Back then I was now in year seven. She knelt next to me and she said, what can I pray for you, Piety? I said, I just, tonight, I just, I just feel He loves me. I get it. 
I remember a shivering voice as she was praying for me. It changed my life. It changed everything. I remember coming out of church that night and everything looked different. It was almost as if I was in a different church. Nothing else changed. I changed. He changed me. Now Paul says, follow God's example. How? To love like Him? No. First of all, as dearly loved children. We start with the way we should love. No. You should start with the way that you are loved. You are loved. But I've got faults. But you loved. I still sin. You are loved. I fall short, Piet. You are loved. I'm running away sometimes, man. He's been chasing you your whole life, and you know it. You know it. And every now and again, if everything lies in tatters, all your efforts have come to nothing, and you just soften your heart. You just experience His love. You know that He's with you. And He picks you up and He dusts you off. And He restores you. God says, as dearly loved children, live a life of love. I want to leave something simple with you this morning. It's not the sermon I've prepared, but this is a sermon of my, this is the number one sermon in my life. This is what I do 80% of my time, sharing with married couples that God loves you. Please remember that. Because husbands, if you forget that there's a perfect God that loves you, even though you're imperfect, your imperfections will weigh you down so much that you will not be able to love the way God wants you to love. You'll be so hard on yourself that everybody else around you will have to walk on a narrow little line trying to, to, to fit into what you think they should be. Husbands, be loved. Allow Him to love you. Warts and all, if I can say it that way. Can you see it? say that from the pulpit? No, no. Allow Him to love you. might feel like a euro sometimes in front of your wife and sometimes like something less than a euro, but for God, you'll always be His boy. You'll always just be His son. What do you think you can do that He would stop loving you? Some of you might not know me that well. But this young man, he can hit the mark, he can fail. It will not be possible to stop loving him. Amen? Isn't that the way you feel about your kids? What do you think about God? Come on. Don't measure him the way you measure yourself. Come on. Wives, don't believe the lies out there that you should be everything. You can just be you. 
God loves you for who you are. He loves your tough bits and your soft bits. He loves the gentleness within your soul. Don't believe the lies that you've got to conquer everything. No, no, no. You just have to be conquered by Him. Oh, to be conquered by love itself, Himself. Strength does not lie in how you can protect yourself. Strength lies within saying, God, I know that I'm safe in you. I'm as strong as can be. I'm yours. Wives, please remember that your place in this world will not be as big as you try to make it because you will always fail in that. This is my space. This is what I want. This is what I need. No, your space in this world will be as broad and as wide as His grace. This, fullness of it, is yours. Hear what I'm saying? Honestly, God fights for you. Why should you be fighting against everything and anything around you? Hello? The enemy is so cunning. He's taken one of the strongest weapons that we have. Godly women, godly men, and he turned it against us. Turn it against us. And make us fight one another. Fight for our position. Fight for our place. No. Surrender to him. Be loved. You know what? Just follow. If you know that you are loved as husband, if you know that you are loved as wife, if you know that you'll always be his girl, you'll always be his boy. If you know that, that's when the inner man, the inner woman starts walking tall. See, because not your husband or your wife or those that are trying to tell you who you should be or want to be, nobody can take that away from you. Hello? See, if you're really loved and you know that you're really loved, no matter who tells you that you're not, you know what you know. Hello? Come on. You've got to follow me I can say to this blondie, I love her over and over and over and over again, yes? But until the day that she believes that, it'll be futile, yes? But if she knows that she's loved, man, there's an inner strength in that that nobody and no one can take, amen? Yeah, but Peter, I got hurt too many times. Let me share with you what I shared with somebody in this week. Love and vulnerability walks hand in hand. Let me explain it this way. She might be short. She might be very loving and soft-spoken and sing beautifully. 
but she can floor me with a look. Yeah? You know why? Because the way she looks at me matters to me. It matters. And if I want to close my heart, I've got to close it to love. If I want to not be vulnerable, I've got to give up on knowing that somebody can, can flatten me with a look or a word. I want to say, my lovey, you're welcome. You can flatten me with a look or with a word. I'm not going anywhere. You see, because love, if it's secure, it builds. It uplifts. Now let me let you in on a secret. I know some of you think I'm very um, shy and introverted. But people's opinion about me don't matter so much. I'll be honest with you. If you don't know that yet, you'll find out. You know why? I always feel like a king. To be honest. Don't you guys have problems? Don't you have challenges? Heaps. But if we are surrendered, then we uplift. If we know that we are loved, we walk in the way of love. And what happens? Let's get to the end of this unprepared sermon. If you walk in the way of love, then you've got your example right there in front of you. As who? Just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. You see, if you cannot give yourself to him, good luck in trying to give yourself to one another. You know how many times I've heard from, from wives, Pastor Pete, you don't know my, my husband, he doesn't even see me anymore. You know, so how, if, if I, if I, you know, finish and I, I, if I start loving him again, what guarantees do I have that? No, no, no. Wrong question. You know how many times I've had husbands say, Jeez, Pastor Pete, if I, if I do that, she's going to walk all over me. Wrong stance. Can you imagine a marriage where both people know clearly that God loves them dearly? Number one. And where they walk in the way of love by giving themselves up for one another. not rocket science, is it? See, He gave us the example. You know what's the beauty about it as we close? Listen to this. Gave Himself up for us as what? As a fragrant offering. Come on, you got to read this with me. Fragrant sacrifice to God. You want to worship? 
Oh, you know where I'm going with this, eh? Who likes to just bring God glory? Did you know by understanding that you are loved and giving yourself to one another, you are actually bringing a fragrant offering through Christ to God. Did you know that the way you speak to your wife is worship or not? I knew I wasn't going to get amens on this one. But did, did, did you know that? Did you know husbands and wives, the way you honor one another is worship? Come on. Do we really think God needs more vocals in heaven? Musicians. He needs hearts that worship. He needs hearts that say, Lord, I bring you my voice, but it's my heart worshiping you. If we speak to one another, we worship. We surrender to His love, so we walk in the way of love. And I just sense in my spirit that the question just came up in your heart, but what if my husband don't serve the Lord? What if my wife don't love the Lord, yet we're not in the same boat there? Do you know that Jesus gave Himself to you before you believed in Him? I got the boat. It's got to start somewhere. Why not you? Can I leave you with one of Omalota's favorite quotes? And then I'll pray for all of us. Amalota, which is my mom, always said to us, you know what? She said in Afrikaans, but I'm going to say it in English. She said, you know what, my boy? In every argument, somebody's got to be the least. Why not you? Why not you? Are we fighting so hard to be right, to be heard, that we're forgetting that our fragrance is His, not ours. Man, you've been made so beautifully and God is preaching through you. I just want to follow the Spirit's leading this morning and asking you, would you, with me, enter into a beautiful worship service that is never ending? Not just your husband and your wife, but the relationship relationships around you, your children, parents, your husbands, your wives. Let's worship Him as we understand that we are loved and walk and live in the way of love as we give a fragrant offering unto our God. Amen.